The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And so this is a conversation that can get down a slippery slope super quick. You have to be careful with this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, episode 204, and I've got Parker with me as a guest. What's going on, man? In the new setup. It looks great in here. Thanks, man. I've got the new Yee Yee Fall Launch tan hat. This is a Yee Yee Outdoors. Uh, I, I really like this hat. You brought it. You brought it today. You brought up several options for me, and I chose this one. And I've also got this uh, this black with the green Yee Yee lure on the pocket T-shirt. Love that one. Yeah, man, we're so pumped for this next uh, phase in Yee Yee's life. Uh, with you being off the road, yeah, we're yeah, pumped. Yeah, Fall yeah. launch is always the most exciting time of the year. Yeah. Uh, so we have lots of fun stuff planned with Yee Yee. Yeah. I'm like back to being a full-time employee again at Yee Yee. It's really cool. But we answer your questions on this podcast. That's what we do. You email me, grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We'll walk through these like we're sitting around a uh, table doing a podcast. Or like we're sitting in a truck heading down the road and we're both in the cab. And you say, hey, man, could I run something by you? I got, got something that's been on my mind. And I say, sure, hit me. Parker, is your brain ready to answer these people's questions? We're about to find out. You haven't been on an episode in a long time. I think I'm going to ask you more <laughs> questions than answer the question. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I've got so many of these. And we're, Parker and I don't have notes in front of us. We haven't talked about these questions at all. I haven't quizzed you on anything. You don't have like a, a stack of Winston Churchill quotes or something that you're going to pull out. We're just literally going like we're sitting around a campfire. And I'll just start at the very first one. This one came today at 8.14 a.m. Subject line says, needing motivation on my walk with Christ. Good day, Granger. Hope all is well with you and Amber and London and Lincoln and Maverick. I've been inspired by your testimony. I still haven't picked up my copy of Like a River, but I will soon. But I'm very inspired by how you proclaim the gospel so openly with your platform. My question is this. What made you realize 
that you had to stop being a touring country singer to follow ministry. Was this considered after many sessions of prayer? I also desire to be a pastor. I believe I've been called to it, but I let other things get in the way of that. Instead of reading theology books, I'll waste my time with worldly things like playing video games or entertainment instead of being in God's Word more. I've been inspired by how you want to give up the music stage and be on the, the church stage preaching the gospel message. That had, a big, that had to be a big sacrifice for you and your family, but you did it. Any words of advice on how to make these sacrifices in my life? I keep claiming how much I believe I'm called, but, and I say this to my pastor, but I'm not making these sacrifices my wife, Diane, thinks I just need to give it all up entirely, and I would love your take on this. At the same time, I wish my current church would help me more on my ministry walk. My current pastor knows about my desire to be a pastor, but he hasn't been mentoring me at all. Maybe he's just waiting for me to volunteer on a Sunday morning ministry to see if I'm really called to it. But my old church back home when I was living in New York State, well, they allowed me to preach, and I loved it. I'm going to skip a little bit and go down to your preaching. He says, your preaching really speaks to me and keep that light shining. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I think that's the gist of the email. And it says, in Christ, Robert Tate. So it's interesting. I get a, I get a lot of emails like this, people that, that say, oh, I see what you're doing. I, too, have been called. And sometimes I feel like, we can kind of toss that, that idea out. I, I've been called. But calling has an action to it. In fact, it is action. It's less declaration and more action. And so I would say this, Robert. Um, there's a lot of things I could say about your email. And I, I want to encourage you. And I want to thank you for emailing and thank you for being honest and vulnerable. But I would, I would say that if you are more concerned with video games and worldly things and entertainment, then that's a really good sign that you shouldn't be at the pulpit right now. And you should really pump the brakes on that whole thought. Um, I, I mean, my first thought as I'm reading this is I'm like, well, is seminary in this discussion? Because that's, that's like the thing is, where is seminary? Where's the talk about seminary? Uh, Parker, what you got? Yeah, I, I kind of hear him talk about having a lack of motivation for godly things uh, versus worldly things. So that's kind of the first part that you could kind of touch on. And then the second part is how he feels discontent in his church and how he feels like they're not resourcing him correctly. So just to kind of slice that neatly, what would you say to someone who's just not feeling motivated for Christ? Do they just need to work harder? Do they need to uh, just be more disciplined? Do they need to wake up earlier? Mm. What do you think well, about that? Um, okay. Well, I mean, you're kind of asking two different things. I mean, if we're, are we talking about salvation? Or are we talking about a call to ministry? Initially, I'm just kind of talking about someone who's probably like a lot of people listening who are just like, I love that you're into Jesus so much. And I wish that I was more motivated. How do I become more motivated to read my Bible more mm. or to yeah, be good. more interested in, to, in godly things? Um, because the world says that it's all about, 
you know, a work ethic and having discipline. Um, when my mind just, the first thing that comes to mind while you're thinking to me is just having prayer, uh, going straight to prayer and, and asking the Lord to give you that desire, uh, to read his word more, to love others more, because it's not something that's going to come naturally to us. Yeah. I always think about the Psalms. I always think about, because the Psalms really changed my life. And listen to this in Psalm 42. Psalm 42, one says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirst for God, for the living God. It's like, I hear that. If you could say that, if you could believe that, if you could feel that in your own quiet time, then that's the foundation to build upon. And if you can't, then you say, God, I, I read this in Psalm 42, and I don't really feel that. I like video games more. Give me a heart for that. Give me that kind of heart. I want to feel that because ministry, your calling, all that stuff, way kick that can way down the road. You got to feel this first. You got to think, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so my so my so pants my soul for you, oh God. If you could say that and mean that, that's the foundation you're building upon. It starts with you in your house, in your household. This isn't about uh, how many reps you're getting preaching at your church. This isn't about um, if your pastor doesn't believe you or not, because your pastor's thinking, show me, show me. Don't tell me you've been called. Show me you've been called. And you show them you've been called by how's your prayer life? How's your quiet time? How's your discipling out of, the, out of the pulpit and in the foyer of your church? How many men are you talking to? How many people are you desperately trying to talk to to spread the gospel to? Because you, des- you have this desperation for their souls. That's how you're going to show the pastor, hey, this guy's been called. It doesn't matter if you say it or you dream about it or you crave it or you think about it and you go back and play video games. Yeah. There's a book called uh, Path to Being a Pastor by Bobby Jamison that's really good that talks about if any of you are listening and you're considering ministry or considering being a pastor, it's really good about walking you through that. And one of the things that it says is to be careful with language like I'm called mm. or anointed for this. Yeah. And it really encourages you to say things like I aspire to do this right mm. now. Whereas saying that you're called, man, you, you might as well be. I'm not saying that you're not, but it can kind of come across as I have something special about me that no one else has that you need to recognize because I have a direct line with God who told me this. Whereas, man, you could just say, man, I aspire to this right now. And, and then the other thing is, um, man, we're all called to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. And yeah. so... You could read a book like Discipling by Mark Dever that's like, man, it's not just the pastors that are supposed to do this. You know, Jesus is commanding us to love others, just like you were saying. Man, yeah, you should lo- go find some guys to take to lunch in your church and find some people to serve and love and care for because if we're talking about being called, we're all called to do that, whether yeah. we're a pastor or not. Uh, um, yeah, last thing I would say is be, be wary to look at me and go, Granger's called. I, I don't think I've used that language. I don't think I've said, I've said I'm shedding some things. I'm, I'm forsaking music touring so that I could focus on equipping myself. But I don't think I've ever said I'm called to be a preacher. Um, 
I don't think I've used that language. Parker and I are both in, um, we are enrolled in student as students at Southern Seminary. So I would say, go to Southern, <laughs> you know, like go to Southern, uh, equip, 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 do that, sit under wise teaching. Then as the dust settles, you'll show us, not tell us about your calling. Um, let's go to the next one. It says, how do I know? Please read. I'd like to stay anonymous. Hey, Granger, I'm 18 from Southeast Texas. I listen to your podcast and I've been, I have been for quite a long time. I have a question for you that I'll try to keep short. How do you know if a girl you like is the right one? I know a girl who checks off all the boxes and I enjoy talking to her a lot and getting to know her. We met in church. She has a very nice family. And anytime we've talked, I've had no problem getting vulnerable with her and honest about life and family and even talking about the Bible with her. But yes, there's a but. She is three years younger than me. Is that not okay or is it all right? Most of my family has married or dated people within a two year, two to three year age gap. It seems weird to me in my time. I've never dated anyone before, uh, but I also haven't been seeking a relationship. But anytime my friends bring up the idea of being in a relationship, she always comes to my mind. What are your thoughts? Sorry, this was long. Yee yee. To Anonymous, 18, Southeast Texas, and wondering about a girl who I'm assuming is 15. You knew this question was coming apart. You knew something like this was coming. How do you know if someone's the one? That's How do you question. know if someone's the one? But not only that, can you be 18? I see this kind of question all the time too. Can you be 18 and date a girl that's 15, 16? I have no idea. I wasn't expecting that question. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He's saying, but she checks all the boxes, but she's three years younger than me. First of all, that's illegal, right? That's what I'm saying. If you're 18, I don't think you can legally date a 15-year-old. Yeah, I but think it's illegal. I'm not 100% sure on that. Maybe, maybe depending on the state, and I'm pretty sure in the state of Texas, that's illegal. Um, let me put it in perspective of if I am the father of the girl, right? My, London's about to turn 12, so we're literally just three years away from this scenario happening in my house. Crazy. And... I would say no to London. I would say absolutely not. I'm not going to say no to you hanging out with her as in a group. You're, if you want to go by yourself with her on a date, I'm going to say no. Um, not only because you're, you're three years older and you're 18, uh, but because she's literally 15 and that's too young to be dating in my house. It's other houses, you could do as you please. Um, but I think, I think it would be inappropriate, but then I, to that, I say this, what's the rush, man? Or what's the rush you, if you really like her, it doesn't sound like you're just desperate to find somebody. You're not just desperate to jump into this. You're like, oh, I've never really dated before. And I, but anytime my friends bring up a relationship, ah, she's the first one that comes to my mind. It doesn't really sound like this is a big deal or anything that needs to happen right now. But if you did start dating, it could turn into that. So I would pump the brakes. 
hang out with friends in groups and avoid giving your heart away too soon because I do think in this situation, yeah, it's, it's inappropriate. Agreed. Next question. Subject line says my in-law who I get that all the time. Granger, I've been married for three years now. I ran into a problem regarding my mother-in-law. It's been around two to three months since she has seen the kids and talked to me alone. She and my husband spoke on the phone, but it didn't end well. We have some disagreements and are starting to see that she will never change. We fear that if I let her back into our family, nothing will be any different and that this process will just happen over and over again. We are unsure of what to do. Please, what is your advice on this? Sincerely, Jade. Also, Yee Yee. All right. Thanks for the email, Jade. Your husband's mother, that's who we're talking about, I believe. And I see this this thing playing out all the time. The, the priority here in this particular situation is the kids. I'm trying to see if there's like, it sounds like there's just disagreements. She is cold to the family and she wants to get back into the family, right? She wants to get back involved. I'm assuming that's what we're saying here between the lines. And you're worried that the kids are going to get too attached and then she's going to disappear again or blow up. And she's going to be gone. So priorities to kids. And in this situation, we're not talking about your mother. We're talking about your husband's mother. And so this is a conversation that can get down a slippery slope super quick. You have to be careful with this because you can't come in saying, hey, babe, your mom's got to go. You have to be in agreement on this. You have to listen to your husband. You have to talk. Take the emotions out of it. We're, we're looking after the kids. But take your emotions out of it. Put your pride aside and have an honest conversation with your husband that's like, hey, we got to talk about your mom and when it's appropriate for her to be around our kids. And you have to listen to him. What do you think? I agree. Be careful with this slippery slope. It could go sideways pretty quick. Your husband could start defending his mother against his own wife. And that's an area you don't want to get into. So be ready because he ultimately, don't take this the wrong way, but he needs to make the call on this because it's his mother. He needs to be the one. He should be the one stepping up that says, Mom, um, you've, you've crossed a couple lines here. Now, this is my immediate family. My priority is my wife and my kids. He needs to say that to her. That's a boundary he has to put up and not you. It's not going to work if you do it. But be very careful when you're presenting that to him because if he says, no, I'm not going to say anything, then you have to be prepared to go with your husband on his decision with that too. Yeah. Be careful with this. Let's hit one more. Subject line says, parent divorce. Hey, Granger, my name is Evan. I'm 19 from southeastern Ohio, and I'm fairly confident after the argument I just heard that my parents may be getting divorced. And this has been hard for me to handle since I've never had my biological father in my life, and my stepdad has been the father figure in my life since I was around five years old. I'm just not sure how to process this and cope with it. 
and think some words from you would help me get through this, and I would greatly appreciate it. Sincerely, Evan. All right, brother, I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through this. 19, never been around your biological dad. You've had this guy since you were five, so he, he is your dad in so many ways. Um, but here's the positive. You're 19. You, you're now, you should be stepping off in, into your own, starting your own life, starting either school or a career, paying your own rent, paying your own way, maybe dating a girl. You're, you're branching out. And so this divorce is not going to hit you like it would have if you're five years old, six years old, eight years old, right? You're not in the house anymore. So now it's going to be up to you. You're saying, I'm just not sure how to process this and cope with it. Well, this is going to be up to you now, how you, how you process something that is not immediately in your life anymore. Parker, have you known anybody like this? Man, I know you do. I, uh, I wasn't around a whole lot of divorce personally. I'm so sorry, man. I, I hope that it doesn't happen, first of all. And then second of all, that's a good point, Granger, of, uh, man, I would just encourage you that, you know, you're 19, you're a young man, you know, Lord willing, you have a lot of years ahead of you. And I would encourage you to uh, be grateful that the time of the time that you had with your stepfather, who was who was there for you. And to also moving forward, be the one that that stops this in your family, mm. uh, that stops have, not having a father around for his sons and then be that force for good moving forward. Not that you're like resentful or that you're having, it's revenge or, or anything like that, but it's just like, man, I know, I know what it's like to not feel like someone's there for you. And so I would encourage you as you, you know, decide the kind of man that you want to be, uh, to, to be the one that's going to be there. You know, actually Carson, one of our employees, I was just having a really good conversation with him. His biological father was never there for him. And he had such a good mindset about it. He was like, man, I'm, I'm so interested in fatherhood and I like researching it because I'm so looking forward to being the father that I, I never had. That's good. And that was so encouraging. Yeah. I think, Evan, it's also important to know, I don't know if, what kind of argument this was, but I think it's important to know that you don't have to you don't have to count this guy out. I mean, you love this guy. You don't have to necessarily pick sides. You don't have to go with your mom. You could say, look, I love both of you. I wish you'd stay together. Uh, I want to be able to help as much as I can, but I also don't have to pick sides. And um, this isn't goodbye. I'm not going to, you're not going to be gone from my life, whatever, whoever this guy is. And you could be there for each of them. You could be a counsel. You could be a voice or, or an ear that your mother could talk to and this guy could talk to. And you go, look, I know my mom better than anyone else in the world besides maybe you. What's going on? Talk to me. Maybe I can help. And then you could say the same thing to your mom. Look, I know this guy, not only because he's my stepdad and I've known him for 14 years, but I'm a guy too. And I could maybe relate a little bit. So what's going on? How, how could we deal with this? You could be that guy. You don't have to be the guy that crawls in the corner and cries and says, I don't know how to cope with this. You can go, okay, I'm stepping in. 
I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to help, like Parker said. I'm going to be a force for good in this family, in this immediate situation. And I'm also taking notes because I'm not going to be in this situation when I'm married. Let's take a break and be right back. Podcast is brought to you guys by DCX Conference. Let me tell you about it. It's an intimate, in-person, two-day leadership conference held in Austin, Texas on October 11th and 12th. What's it about? Well, it's about developing yourself and your team as you learn from 10-plus diverse speakers at the top of their fields. Craft and connect a clear path to the leader and company you strive to be. Speakers include best-selling authors Tim Tebow, Patrick Lenciani, John Acuff, Dr. John Deloney, Chris Miroff, Vanessa Van Edwards, and more. This year's theme is the fight for unity. Life can feel divided in our personal lives, relationships, and communities, but we are better together. Learn how to experience unity in your teams, organizations, and families. Get your tickets today at dcxconferences.com. Use code DCXGRANGER for 25% off. If you can't attend in person, there is a live stream option available. Grab a link and gather your team remotely. Get ready to develop yourself, connect in community, and experience transformation. And of course, as always, if you want to get a hold of me, the best way to do it is cameo.com slash Granger Smith, or you can download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. This allows you to get a video message from me saying whatever it is that you want me to say. So you go into the app, you say, hey, I want Granger to say happy birthday to my son or to my friend or to my mother or maybe a word of encouragement or happy anniversary, uh, whatever it might be, you could say, you, you make it up. And then I'll sit there on my phone and, and read it. And then I'll shoot you a video message. And then you take that message and deliver it as a gift. It It's actually a really good last minute gift or to someone that you think already has everything and you can't think of anything else, uh, get a cameo from me from cameo.com slash Granger Smith or download the cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. Speaking of gift ideas, like a river would be a great gift. I'm a little bit biased, but my book, Like a River, I think could be the perfect gift to somebody that is perhaps needing a word of encouragement a pick-me-up, or someone that's actually going through some kind of grief, suffering, loss, heartache right now. And that person could be yourself. As we get closer to the holidays coming up, now that it's fall already, grab a few of them. It really helps me out. It helps the algorithm out. And whenever you get a book from whatever website that is, say it's Amazon, give us a good review. That really helps the book Like a River and its message get to more people. I appreciate you guys for that. Parker's over here. We're actually going to shoot a Yee Yee Apparel Fall launch. A little promo over here at the house as we record the podcast. And always pumped about that. Parker, what day? That comes out the 15th. September 15th. September 15th. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yee Yee.com. Going back to these questions, if you have one for me, email Granger Smith podcast at gmail.com. Interesting subject line here says he only likes me when he's drunk. Hey, Granger, I'm 22 years old. I'm a woman. In early 2022, I was talking to, going on dates with a guy for two months. He was really cute. 
fun, country, sweet, and cool. He's a bull rider. Then I found out he had a girlfriend. And I told her, but they stayed together for about 10 more months. It absolutely devastated me. It made me super insecure, and I still compare myself to this now ex-girlfriend that she is. I ran into him in public in January, and he apologized to me. Of course he did. The rest of the night, he was very nice to me, but then ruined it by asking me, asking me to go home with him, obviously meaning to have sex. I'm waiting for marriage, so I said no, but in June, he began reaching out to me again. He unblocked me on everything, and now we Snapchat every day. Occasionally, he'll call me in the wee hours when he's drunk, and he tells me all these things he remembers about me when we talked and compliments me and hints at wanting to hook up. I feel pathetic because even though I know I shouldn't be talking to him deep down, I still like him. If he asked me on a real date, I know I would say yes, and I don't know why. How could I move past him? I've talked to other guys since him, but for some reason, he's the one I can't get over. Sincerely, Vicky. Oh, those bull riders. There's a scenario on that TV show, Friday Night Lights, that Amber and I used to watch years and years ago that had a scenario that played out just like this bull rider. That's always got, hey, this guy, first of all, before we get into this question, the guy's got multiple girlfriends in multiple towns. No doubt. No doubt. He's texting you in the wee hours of the night. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. Vicky, do you really think you're the only one he's texting? Do you think you're the only one he's trying to hook up with? No, of course not. Absolutely not. So, Park, what you got? What do you say for the, for Vicky here? Well, I'm thinking of what Vicky would be asking you if she was here, and it would be, I mean, she obviously can't, she knows that this is not the guy that she wants to be the father of her children, but she can't stop herself from being attracted to him. Hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think in today's age, I mean, how many songs are like, your love's a drug. I can't get enough. You always leave me, but I always keep want, like wanting to come back for more. So, Vicky, I would just encourage you to just sit back and be like, what is it about me that is so – why am I attracted to this type of man? Mm. Uh, and there's a guy that I like, JP, who who says people come up to me and, and they're like, why am I always attracted to bad boys? Why am I always attracted – to these these terrible guys that end up just like being a player why do i always keep wanting to go to them and he's like well what kind of tv shows are you watching and they're like no no no, you're not hearing me like <laughs> i'm having problems with with guys and he's like well what kind of music are you listening to and they're like like what are you talking about i'm talking about dating advice and it's just like he's like man could you be aware of like subconsciously these things that you're consuming the types of people that you're around where you're going to look for these guys uh, have you ever thought that you're you're training your heart to look for the wrong things based on what you're consuming? That's the first thing that comes to mind. Dude, that's so good. So what you said is, in the analogy of a song, your love is a drug, right? So if this guy, this bull rider guy, what if he, if he was a drug, then and you, that you're addicted to it and you're trying to quit it, what do you do? I mean, you could also rephrase it that same way, and. Parker's right. There's a great point to think about, okay, he's obviously not my future. 
He's obviously not the father of my children. I'm, I'm obviously not walking down the aisle in a white dress with this guy. You're, you're saving yourself for marriage, Vicky. This is the, not the guy you're going you're gonna to walk down the aisle with, right? That's obvious. So he's just a drug that you're addicted to. So what do you do? You make a decision when you're sober, not at 3 a.m. Not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about actually drunk. I'm talking about love drunk. You make a decision when you're sober and not love drunk at midnight or lonely. You make a decision just like you go to the grocery store when you're, you're not hungry or you're going to buy more. You go to the grocery store when you're starving, you're going to buy more. You're going to go down all the aisles and be like, oh, I'm starving. I actually want this and this. So avoid the grocery store when you're starving and avoid making these kind of decisions when you're love drunk. So wait till you're sober. Whenever maybe you're with your girlfriends, they're giving you confidence, they're giving you strength, and you do this. You go through your phone, block his number. You go to Snapchat. First of all, why are you on Snapchat? Delete it or block him. Block him out of your life. Protect yourself. Guard your heart like it's valuable, like it actually matters. And because it does, guard it. Because it's fragile and you give it away, you lose yourself, you slip up one night, you will regret it for a long, long time. So you guard your heart, you build a wall, you build a, a vault around this heart with this, this cowboy guy. If this was London, if this was my daughter and she was dating this rodeo dude and this is how he treats women, this is the respect he has for women, no, this is what we're talking about, guarding your heart like a treasure, like a, like a fine pearl. You're guarding your heart, okay? And you're going to do this when you're love sober and you're going to block him on everything. Then you're going to get an accountability buddy, some girlfriend that you trust, maybe your parents, sister, brother, whoever it might be. And you say, look, I, I have to admit something. I'm, I know I'm a 21-year-old woman and I can make my own decisions, but there's this guy and... He's not a good guy, and I need to make sure that I stay away from him because I have a tendency to like him, and I need your accountability. I need you to say, get away from him. Let's go. I need, I need you to help me use this community. Yeah. And, and then go back and listen to what Parker said about what you're listening to, what you're watching, how you're training your heart. Next question, I'm just literally going down the line here on these emails. It says, podcast question. Hey, Granger, now that your music career is finished, I have a couple questions for you. What is one song that you have recorded in your career that you look forward to not ever singing again? And what is one song that you have recorded that you're going to miss singing the most? It comes from Michael. Man, Michael, I don't have a song that I'm going to look forward to not ever singing again. I, I don't. Honestly, I know that's a, probably a common question. I think I've heard Jimmy Buffett say that about Margaritaville. Nah, I, I legitimately, if we play it consistently, if we used to play it, if it was a song that was popular, I've legitimately loved it. Not because I particularly love the craft of that particular song. It's just because it's associated with my band and, and, and the crowds, and it was fulfilling in that way. So I don't have that. Number one, I don't have a song like that. Number two, what song 
that you have recorded are you going to miss singing the most? I don't, I don't have that either. Nah. I actually was just singing down there in a Maverick earlier, a song called Stutter. <laughs> he had a little microphone. I was like, hey, Mav, it's Friday night. Let me I'll do this because at the time we're recording this, it's a Friday night. So I would be at a concert right now. I don't have that either, man. I don't have either one of those questions. Both of it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm good either way. Is there one of your songs, if you're going to play it live, that is that comes to mind that's more difficult to play or perform or sing live where you're like, oh, I really got to be on it for this song? Yeah, there's there's songs that are super easy to do. What's an um, example of like a really hard one? I think they would they might find that interesting. Um, like you remember uh, Never Too Old, that song Never Too Old? We never played it that much because it just, it takes some, a little bit of vocal gymnastics to play that song, even though I loved it. Um, there's a lot of songs that I have to like really be warmed up for. Um, there, and then there's songs like America that I literally just can't play on the guitar. It's too complicated. I could sing it fine, but I have to have Todd with me. I can't play. I can't do, can't do all that crazy yeah. stuff. So, uh, And then there's songs that are just like, peanut butter and jelly like silverado bench seat that's just so easy it's that's the best sound check song because it's easy to sing the chord structures are super simple um and then there's other songs that are harder for me to remember all of the words um songs like four-wheel drive there's a lot of like intricate words in four-wheel drive and, and it's easier for me to fumble up words and mix them up so yeah let's go to the next one says, hey, Granger, I always enjoy listening to your podcast and the wisdom you give. I just finished reading like a river and I cried through every chapter. My question is this. I was listening to your podcast last week and you were talking about not over-spiritualizing and I am 34 years old and the way I was raised and always taught was that in order to get married, you have to get inspiration from the prophet on who you're supposed to marry. About a year ago, I left that church to follow Christ and study the Bible. Sometimes I feel a law, at a loss to know how to pursue finding a partner for marriage because of my past life in that church. Any advice you can give would be greatly appreciated. So, Did you say I left that church to follow Christ instead of the Bible? And study the Bible. Oh, and study the Bible. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I could just condense this question down to how do you find a partner for marriage? Dude, Parker, you're great at this. This is like your, this is your peanut butter and jelly. This is your bread and butter. Yeah. When I first became a Christian in early 2021, I had, uh, I had dated girls kind of on and off throughout my life. I was 27 at the time and I heard an analogy that that really helped me. And that was, man, when you when you start following Christ with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and you see that he's all that you really need, then you don't idolize marriage like the rest of society does, like Hollywood does, like music tells you to do, just like we were talking about Vicky the world is telling you that you need to find the one or it's all for nothing. But when you find Christ and you find his value and you see how short life is and how long eternity is, 
then you start chasing after him with everything that you have. You start loving others. You get involved with your church. You're reading scripture. And you are running that race towards Christ with everything that you have, completely content. Uh, and then while you're running that, you look to your left and you look to your right and you see someone to your right who's also chasing Christ with everything that they have. And they see that treasure too. And you turn to them and you say, man, we're running to the same place. Do you want to just run this race with me? And that helped me so much in my clarity and knowing for sure that I was going to marry Amy because we just kept seeing each other um, at volunteer events and at church. And I could see, you know, what was coming out of her mouth also reflected her heart. And so uh, that analogy helped me. Yeah, it's great. Um, and 34 years old, does that change anything? At the end of the day, no. No. No, I, I totally agree. The world tells you that you are behind and yeah. you need to hurry. That's good. You better hurry because because the girls can only have kids for so long. Once you, I mean, I mean, clock's I, you, ticking. Know, you know, the clock's ticking. If you're forty, are you seriously not going to be married when you're forty? Are you seriously not going to be married when you're forty-five or fifty or fifty-five? Like, that's what the world's telling you. Uh, but man, you just got to you got to block out what the world's telling you and think about how short this life is and how ultimately marriage is not going to um, fill that void for you. Not to say that you shouldn't desire it and that you shouldn't be looking. Uh, yeah. How freeing is it now that you get to do this, chase after Christ, fall in love with someone that is also chasing after Christ, and you don't have to get inspiration from the prophet to do any of that. How freeing that must be. And I'm I'm uh, very encouraged by you and the strength that it must have taken. I can't, can't imagine. And I just, if anything, I just want to encourage you in that and say, um, I'm so, I'm so happy with what's going on and, and how the Lord is moving in you right now. Even so much so that you emailed this podcast asking a really good question. Chase after lo the Lord, plug into your church serve at your church, you'll find someone that's running, like Parker said, right alongside you. Next question, subject line, Yee Yee. Hey, Granger, I'm a fan from North Dakota. I love your music, and I'm proud of you for going after your dream of ministry. And I was just wondering, with you leaving country music, are you getting rid of Yee Yee and Yee Yee Nation and the ranch and all that too, or just the music touring part? It's a good question. I am I am uh, so excited to lean into Yee Yee Apparel, which Parker is the CEO of, and Tyler and I. Tyler is there every day, and I I've, I have not had the opportunity to go to to the Yee Yee Farm. I think that's what you're talking about instead of ranch. Since COVID, I spent a lot of time there during COVID. That was really the only time in my life. In fact, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't even know what it's like at all to consistently go to the farm and hang out with you guys. And in an interesting way, COVID, that probably um, a bunch of people could say the same thing, but COVID taught me so much. And one of the things COVID taught me was you don't have to tour. You're okay. You've got an infrastructure here. Um, God will provide. I had to learn that through COVID and 
it has given me confidence now that going into this new season, no, to answer your question, Ryan is who emailed from North Dakota. No, Yee's not going anywhere. No, the farm is not going anywhere. Um, I'm, a, I'm hoping that Yee Nation will still be alive and well. I'll still be traveling occasionally, going out, uh, maybe doing a Smith tour, maybe doing a live podcast tour. Comment below if you would like to see that with Bernie and Parker, and maybe Pastor Chad, maybe Amber can come on that trip. You know, Chris Lee will be with us. We'll travel around and do that. We have so many ideas and so many things that we're going to be able to do with Yee Yee Nation. And uh, as we go into the holiday season coming up, doing a lot with Yee Yee as far as pop-up shop, maybe having a brick-and-mortar storefront coming up. We're working through all of these different kind of dreams and ideas and very, very excited about the future of Yee Yee. Would you say the same? Yeah, we're really excited. We've always wanted Yee Yee to be something that could live past your music career. And uh, I was just talking to Tyler this week, and we're like, this is one of the most important weeks of our professional careers because this is officially like a little turtle that just hatched that's on the beach with all these predators. And it's like, <laughs> all right, daddy's done with music. Now let's get to the water. And uh, Yee's always been, um, I think, able to live on its own. So really excited for this next chapter and for you to be uh, more involved. And uh, we're looking to get into stores too in uh, late this year in uh, 2024. So if you want your local, if you know of a local store that uh, could carry Yee Yee, go tell them, tell them to shoot us an email. We'd love yeah. to do it. We're excited. We have a lot of plans for Yee Yee. Um, a lot of things we talk about behind closed doors, Tyler and Parker and I, the, the three brothers, talking about the future of Yee Yee, what we want from it. But we desire for it to continue and to be just a great company that's essentially our tent-making company uh, that allows us to do all kinds of things all over the world. And uh, we're very blessed to have Yee Yee. It, I'm by no means shutting it down. And Really, I mean, let's be honest here. I'm not shutting down music either. That would really technically be impossible. Um, music is not something I could stop doing. I, I guarantee there's going to be some kind of inspiration I'll have at some point. Or I've been thinking about doing a hymn record. I would love to do like a traditional hymns record. Um, there's going to be a lot of things like that that I'll be exploring. It's the touring that's shutting down because a, tr a traditional tour where we have buses and a truck and 12 people on salary and we're heading out on a Wednesday and we're coming back on a Sunday afternoon and we're playing these contracted dates that we've had on the, on the books for six months. And th the structure of that is too much. It's, it's getting in the way of everything else that I need to be doing that I feel like I have to be doing so a, a traditional structured tour is in the way of that. That doesn't mean that you're not going to hear one day me come out with a hymns record or write a new song. I think that those are all totally within bounds of what you you could expect from me and Yee Yee in the future. Also comment below if you, you think Parker could, could come back on the podcast. It's been a little bit since he's been a guest on here. And, um, we are also, hopefully, Lord willing, going to get more consistent with the Yee Yee podcast, which is completely different subject matter than we have on this one. But um, that's completely open, too. There's a, a lot of things. I can go down a list this long of things that we want to do in the future with all of the platform that we have. It's not going away. 
just music touring. I love you guys. See you next Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.